Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh! They did it. A miracle. Legends. Double water. Hit that one from the parking lot. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the Monday early week college basketball betting preview. I'm Stucky and joining me, as they do each and every Monday, are Mike Calabrese and Greg Waddell. Uh, sort of a kind of a funeral morgue around here for Greg and I. Our teams went down yesterday uh, and... Will not go to the Super Bowl. It, there's nothing worse than if he goes on the conference championship and then you have to listen to Super Bowl coverage for two weeks. Uh, Greg, how you handling it? Uh, I was Googling how to get a lobotomy. So <laughs> not well. Um, I, I'm hurting and I, it's a type of pain that I've never even imagined what it would feel like, where at least I feel like you've got some, you know, you know what it's supposed to hurt. Like I'm still learning what the hurt feels like. So it's tough today. Yeah. I, uh, I could tell you that I actually feel worse for you. The Ravens had a horrendous game plan. I don't know why they didn't run the ball. It was a college basketball uh, podcast, but I'm going to vent for a couple seconds. But they deserve to lose. Man, I went and watched both games back. The bounces that the 49ers got all in like, uh, it felt like a one-minute span. And, then you know, the fourth down drop, the, the fumble, the off the face mask 50 yard catch um that, that was brutal um so i actually think that you guys have it a little worse and yeah i've uh i know billy cundiff so i know pain so it was a rough week i lost uh bills fifth mahomes took out my it's like that that meme with the going door to door took out my bills 50 to one last week and then my ravens future this week um so, yeah, it was uh, a rough week. And then everything I said in college basketball was also incorrect. So it was a fun week for me. <laughs> uh, congrats to you, Greg, on uh, our head-to-head, which was never a sweat. I think that I think uh, Ohio State won by I – mean, Ohio State lost by like 40 um, in that game. So you're up one nothing. And this – if you don't watch our live show, this applies to Mike and Mike too. Anyone who beats me head-to-head for the season gets $500 uh, at the end of the season. So that you could could have just won. Um we don't go head to head again 
but uh, great call there. I mean, Northwestern just absolutely rolled. But we got uh, well, and I should say hi to Mike, who was graciously going to because uh, I call our our producers to, uh, semi-terrorists um, for making Greg and I do this. <laughs> so um, Mike graciously said, "I'll do the pod. I'll do a solo pod after I offered." And he said uh, he would do a mid-season swaction report. And all I just thought I had flashbacks of Mississippi State, uh, Mississippi Valley State, and Delta Devils talk. And I said, "All right, I got to show up." So, Mike, you don't have to do a solo swag pod today. Well, I figured that would get you out of out of bed. That's better than a cup of coffee. The pure fear of talking, you know, grambling and Southern shooting regression. Um, I know it does not compare, but we were just trading notes, Greg and I, before the recording. Um, just a house of horrors for me in terms of college basketball lately. Another backdoor cover. Kansas hits that three at the buzzer to win by the hook. But the cherry on top for me was a money line parlay in which I had Colorado State as the last leg. And they blew an 11-point lead to Wyoming with a minute and 11 seconds to go. If anyone watched that game, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable, but also kind of believable because Colorado State State cannot grab a goddamn rebound to save their life. That's been the narrative on them. But kudos to our pod because we brought it up, what, two episodes ago talking about how many teams are the Mountain West really going to get into the tournament? Because at the time it was like, oh, you can get like five teams out of this conference. They're going to be a big threat. Colorado State is in a tailspin now. And I want to see emotionally how they react to this because that's a game that you absolutely can never lose. And now they're have they have a losing record in the Mountain West. So you go from a ranked team to being outside of the top twenty-five, kind of headed in the wrong direction. So, yeah, it's uh, it has been a house of horrors and just kind of a, a sad gambling run. But hopefully, we can get it turned around this week. I had flashbacks. Speaking of flashbacks, of uh, two years ago, I had like a month, the worst run of my life in college basketball, and it was um, like if you ever watch a game with me, I'm very calm. I always will yell, bitch, and scream on on Twitter because I, I I genuinely care and want to win every bet and want people to know that I care. But a very calm. The only time I almost felt like punching my wall was when I was on the worst run of all time, and Colorado State was up like ten with like fifty seconds to go against San Diego State, and I was laying one and a half, and they couldn't inbound the ball, and they somehow blew the lead. But then Isaiah Stevens hit a game winner to win by one. And at that point, you want him to miss it and lose and blow the whole thing. And I was like, this has to be a joke at this point. Um, but yeah, it's a team that doesn't really turn the ball over, too. So, like, generally speaking, you wouldn't think that they would blow uh, an 11. I mean, that was unbelievable. Wyoming, I think, got two rebounds yes, on missed free throws in yep. the final seconds. Insane. So we're, today we're, we'll talk early week spots, Monday, Tuesday, that we have circled. We will talk a little buy, sell in the Pac-12, and then we'll do uh, – we'll start with a couple – if you want to rant. Uh, Mike, you just got in a little rant there. But if you want to rant or just key takeaways from the weekend, uh, I'll kick things off. Remember, this is a safe space. You know what pisses me off most of all? Okay, you're ranting now, baby. Yeah, I'm ranting. Why not? got to let it out somehow. I'll stay in the Mountain West. I'll, I'll say that I was impressed with my only win. The only thing I got right was Utah State winning at Boise State. Was impressed just with their composure. It was a tough environment. Um, and, you know, they ended up tying it at the end of regulation, winning in overtime. But 
that, that's a big road win. It's hard. It's hard to win in the road in the Mountain West uh, against the superior teams. But I was I was really impressed with Utah State in that game. And I will say something that we did get wrong, but right was we talked about just the potential, the unlocked potential of this New Mexico team, and you know they basically didn't have their backcourt playing together for most of the season. And we missed an op. We talked about like a final four sleeper, right? A team with that backcourt that can make a run and missed an op. I mean, now they're at the peak of their market value, but missed an opportunity maybe like a month ago to take a flyer on them um, to get to the final four, but they obliterated Nevada. And I'm not, not convinced that they would win the national title if they played every game in the fifth. Um, now, sadly, they can't, but uh, they are a machine right now, and especially at home. But they also took care of business, you know, on the road, 20-point wins at Air Force and San Jose State, like not messing around at all um, after beating Utah State and San Diego State. I mean, I think they have, what, five straight wins by double digits. So they're on a roll, missed opportunity to kind of invest in them before they got clicking. But they're up to like 16, 17, 18, 19 on some of these uh, you know, if you go to Haslametrics or Kempom, so they're rolling. And uh, I feel like a little bit regret not getting involved with them in some way. Uh, but you're right. There's some cannibalization going on. Colorado State, I, I don't know. Like, I, I fear for their post defense against San Diego State because it's bad. And I, I fear for them getting bullied a bit. But, I mean, you want to talk about a spot. They lost, you know. Lost at Nevada, lose in heartbreaking fashion to Wyoming. Now you host San Diego State in like close to a must win. Now it's all of a sudden it's a must win game for Colorado State at home against the San Diego State team that on the road has been bad. I mean, they lost to Boise by one. They got blown out by New Mexico. They barely beat San Jose State. They did get that win against Gonzaga, but you know, they lost at Grand Canyon. They beat UC San Diego by one. So it's the team that's not been that impressive away from home. So, I mean, Colorado State flashing. This is the time to buy them. I do worry a little bit about their their uh, interior. Greg, I'll go to you. Uh, do you trust Colorado State in that spot first? And then what do you got from the weekend? 100%. Yeah, this was uh, one of my best bets for later in the show. But Colorado State's the pick for sure for me. Um, you okay, you we'll spoke this weekend. Yeah, so um, I – the Auburn concerns are real. We talked about it last week. Like it, it, they the guard, the guards are horrific. The guards can't throw it in the goddamn ocean. It's unbelievable. No, they finally benched Aiden Holloway after like just a series of horrible performances. He comes off the bench in this one, seven points in 19 minutes. But yeah, outside of, of Broom and Williams, they had single digits from everybody. Nobody could hit a shot, 25% from three. I, I just don't know how you get to February, guys. They're literally getting to February. They haven't beaten a top 40 team in the country yet. And they've only played three of those games, but they're 0 three against them. Baylor doesn't look as stout as they did at the beginning of the year when we were like impressed with that loss. So I, I don't know. The metrics love this team. I I'm not really buying it. They still have games at Tennessee at Florida, Bama and Kentucky at home. Uh, I think there's going to be quite a few more opportunities to fade Auburn that I'm going to keep my eye on. And one other thing for the weekend for me, uh, I'm done doing the whole American conference dance with Florida Atlantic and Memphis. Both of these teams are are not playing well at all. We don't have to pretend that there's much substance there. Maybe you can buy low with Memphis. Like that team is old. They have talent. 
They have played well at points this season. Florida Atlantic, I don't know what the issue is. It, it certainly seems like a team that is just completely coasting and is not getting up for these games. And as long as they win by three points, they're happy. And maybe they can flip a switch when March gets here. But right now, I, I'm just wildly unimpressed with both. Florida Atlantic's opening is like a 12-point favorite no matter who they play. And they're just it, – it's not even close. Every single game is a one-possession game. Um, I've avoided it just out of fear that something's going to get back right on track. But uh, I think we still have a month or two left in the season where you might be able to to jump on board late on that train and, and win some bets here. The Memphis – I, I want to see what Memphis looks like in their next game, which they should win. They play Rice at home. But, you know, two close losses – and then, you know, in a row, you go to UAB, you expect, you know, at least a, a more focused effort. Their defensive effort just from a was horrendous. Uh, I mean, if they were not engaged at all, which is very concerning. And now they've dropped three straight. They had that game where they went nuclear from three against Wichita State. Before that, they, you know, won at home in 107 to 101 in overtime over UTA, a bad UTSA team. So, um, yeah, Memphis is definitely trending in the wrong direction. I don't know if this is the time to buy, but I, I got to see more from the on the defensive end uh, than what I've seen recently. Mike, what do you got from the weekend or uh, any rant? By the way, rant, before I go to you, not to interrupt, is uh, my rant is fading. So I had LSU, which obviously didn't work out. Fading Alabama is just the games feel like they're 17 years long. Because you just they're going to shoot five hundred threes, and then they get an offensive rebound. You know more threes are coming, and then you know like they're going to hit four in a row at some point, and you're like, this is exhausting. I feel like I've been watching this game for seven hours. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, Greg beat me to it on Auburn. I've been banging the drum that they do not have the guard play. They shoot thirty four percent against Mississippi State, and they're now at a point where Broom and Williams don't score thirty plus. Like they're not beating anybody with a pulse. So. To kind of put like a, a positive spin on it, I'll throw it back to you guys. Like, who do you think can replace Auburn as that third team behind Kentucky and Tennessee? It, not necessarily in the race to win it. I, I feel like that's clearly going to go to one of those two teams to win the regular season title. But in terms of power rankings or however you want to think about it, being in that third slot of being a dangerous team coming out of the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think, I think you have to say yeah, you have to say Alabama. I mean, their defense still has issues. They just have guys on the court that you can attack um, in the half court, but their offense is so good. And now which make, what makes them a little, you know, hard to trust come March is that they are very three-point reliant. They're going to shoot their threes. Um, and, you know, now they can get to the rim too, and they're good in transition. But in a, in in March when, you know, Games tend to get a little more half court oriented. If they have a, you know, look at their losses this year, right? If you go uh, Tennessee, four of 21 from three. Um, out, uh, when they lost to Arizona, eight of 40 from three. So, you know, that's in March, you run into a game like that, you're, you're probably out, but they have the, they could also beat anybody in the country if they're hitting their threes. Their offense is that good. Would you agree? Yeah. Right. Mark Sears is that good. That's the thing for me. Like it, to your point, Mike, it, it, Broom has to be that for Auburn. He's not always that. Alabama has to get that from Sears every game, but Sears has been this for a month every single game now, other than the win against Missouri at home when he only played 25 minutes. Like you go through the game logs, he's been above 20 points a game in six of his last seven. 
I think he is playing like a first team All-American right now. I don't know if he's going to get that accolade at the end of the year, but uh, there's just not many better guards in the country. I, I've really noticed, I'm sure you guys have too, second year transfers. When you get to the point where you're an up transfer, it takes a whole year to adjust. You might see flashes of brilliance. Sears is just so much better and more comfortable this year than he was last year. And I don't think that's a minor thing for Alabama. Like, do they have the team talent they had last year? Of course not. They lost two guys to the NBA. They lost the best freshman in the country. But I think when we do talk NCAA tournament time, give me a team with an elite point guard over a team that has some elite other positions. So I, I've talked myself back into Bama in general. And as far as the rest of the regular season goes, the three point variance is certainly scary. Anytime you bet on them or against them. But uh, when you expand that sample size a little more where it's not win or go home, it's, Hey, this team has 12 more games left. Like I trust they're going to be hot for 10 of those 12 more than I'm concerned that they're going to be cold any given day. Yeah. Auburn. What's like Auburn's trending towards what? Uh, four three seed four four right? seed sounds right yeah so it feels like they're um you know their defense is obviously legit you know with you starting with broom but it feels like you know put them in a four versus a good 13 that if the game that game's going to be like 63 to 59 three to go right like it's just the way that it's and they could get upset in the first round because yeah they can't really hit shots and they just go through these prolonged droughts um because they're they just have erratic guard play, which is feels like that's been their what's held them back over the past few seasons uh, under Pearl. So yeah, that's my fear there with uh, with Auburn and Kentucky. Finally, had a good defensive effort. Um, I get it was it's Arkansas and Arkansas is a, a disaster, but that that's what I'm watching with Kentucky. We know that the, what their potential is offensively, um, and that's only going to get better. But can they fix? and plug some of the holes that they've had on defense. So, you know, again, it's Arkansas who's a mess right now, but it was at least a step in the right direction. I obviously need to see more on that front before I'm like convinced that they can um, make a run and not, yeah, because you're just not going to outscore everybody, you know, 98 to 90 in the, in the tournament, you're going to have to get stops eventually, especially when you go, you're going up against, you know, the elites, when you get to the elite eight, you get to the final four, uh, assuming Kentucky could even get out of the first weekend. Christ. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, let's talk a little Pac-12. We'll do a little buy-sell. Greg, I'll, I'll throw it to you because I'm always interested to see where you go with this. You usually are buying high and or buying low, <laughs> buying high and selling low. Or uh, So what do you got this week? Uh, you, always are, you always bring in intriguing angles to this. 
Yeah, I'm the, I'm the the reverse economist here. I uh, I think I might play this right, maybe. Although I'm buying semi high right now. Uh, I, I'm buying UCLA, who <laughs> won games this past week. Uh, hear me out, fellas. Mick Cronin is a great. I coach. thought you said you're doing this right. Well, then wait for the second half. Please, believe me, <laughs> UCLA has a great coach. Okay, I, I I wish I could sell this entire conference to be point blank about this. I don't believe. Anybody outside of Arizona is a, a very particularly good team. None of these teams are teams I think are going to win NCAA tournament games, let alone maybe even get to the tournament outside of maybe Oregon and Colorado, um, who are accurately priced, right? So now you're looking through, you're weeding through four through 12 in this conference. It's a bunch of gross teams that I don't believe in. UCLA has caught my attention, okay? Anytime you win two out of three road games, that matters to me. And I know USC is missing a bunch of guys, the win at Arizona State, you know, depending on which version of Arizona State you get, you can debate how impressive it is. But McRonan is one of the best coaches in this league. He just is. Like, I don't love him. I'm very annoyed with him as a person and the way he approaches everything. But the man can coach basketball. And I think the big development here is that Stefanovic, who Stefanovic, transferred in from yeah. Utah, he's been really good. He has 15, yeah. 18, 17, and 17 in this little four-game stretch where they've won three of four. Prior to January 14th, like he was always kind of the periphery guy. They were playing through all the 18-year-old kids. I think they've realized Stefanovic is their best player. I don't know how much that's going to last, but look ahead this week. They're at home against Oregon State. They're going to be favored there. They're at home against Oregon, where I think they're probably going to be a home dog, would be my guess, uh, unless they really blow out Oregon State. I think they can win both of these games, and they're probably going to be a little bit mispriced for for the turnaround I think the Bruins have made. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, I actually had UCLA um, circled as a potential. We knew the defense is good. They just – the offense was so bad early on. I mean, like, they had nothing, uh, and they just could not – they would go in the half court uh, long, long, prolonged droughts. And you mentioned Stefanovic has really helped provide a boost. And, I th- and, yeah, Cronin is a good coach. He's figured some things out. He also got just got their attention um you know with all of his post-game rants and like i'll get i'll i'll find other people to be on the team and it seems like they've rallied around it instead of you know it could have went one of two ways so i agree i think uh ucla is definitely a team to watch because the defense was there and the, the offense they didn't need much um they need something and they've gotten something and stefanovich has been a big part of that of late um i you know I, i'm gonna buy I'll say I'm going to buy, and I, you know, I know that they lost on Saturday. So maybe this is the point to do it, but I still see, I still see a, a lot of potential with Colorado. I mean, Colorado arguably has three NBA guys on their team. Um, so like, the, and you know, Tad Boyle is a pretty good coach. Um, I think some people overrate him in some circles, but um, I, they have so much talent that it's a team that I think has a lot of upside in this conference. I don't know if, uh, you know, I threw a flyer on them around 30 to one to make the final four again, it's 30 to one, but I think maybe they're a team that I'll look to, to bet, to win the PAC 12 tournament. If they could, they just have so much talent on that team um, that, you know, and they're good. They're a really good rebounding team. Um, so, you know, I've, I, you see flashes with Colorado, and then you just have these these games where you're left scratching their head, your head. But if it, from a talent perspective, 
this is a team that you know has at least has a lot of upside. Uh, where are you going from a, a buy perspective, Calvary's? So, you know, had it not been for an overtime loss at Cal, I think you can make the argument that Wazoo's the hottest team in the conference right now. You know, Kyle Smith, I've always liked him as a coach. He's He's been competitive and won everywhere he's been, Columbia, San Francisco. Like, he has Wazoo headed in the right direction. But for me, it basically comes down to Miles Rice. Like, this is one of the most underreported, like, feel-good stories in college basketball this year. He recovers from Hodgkin's lymphoma his freshman year, comes back, and he's playing great. Like, he had 18-5-4 in their upset of Arizona, 35-8 and eight against Stanford, low turnovers. He gets to the line. He gives them something to go along with Isaac Jones, the Idaho transfer, who's a double-double machine. He's got six double-doubles in his last eight games. He's hard-nosed. He can hurt you on the glass. I think Washington State, you know, it's a little bit late to be on the buy side. I still think, given the fact that they are who they are as a program, you know, they're left in the wilderness, of the, you know, the Pac-2 and all, all those jokes – at 15 and six, I feel like this is a team they're probably still going to need to at least get to the Pac-12 semis championship game to consider an at-large bid, if not having to win it outright. But I think they have the right mix, the right coach, um, and they got the marquee win over Arizona. So I've already seen it. It's not pure speculation on the Cougs. Yeah, Kyle Smith has done a tremendous job. Think about Washington State was a team, you know, this time last year. I said, I'm circling them next year as maybe like a potential Final Four sleeper but then they ended up losing everybody like for everything that they lost to be where they're at right now uh, with all the talent they lost, uh, because I was like, man, this team has so much potential if everyone comes back. Uh, so Kyle Smith's done a hell of a job uh, with the Cougs. Uh, all right, let's go to the sell portion of the pack 12. I assume you are selling high on someone here, Greg, you, you kind of tease that. What are you selling? I'm going to do it right this time. I'm selling the best team in this conference. I'm selling the team that just got the road win and the cover at Oregon that I got wrong, by the way. I was incorrect. I gave out Oregon money line as our pick. I loved the Ducks in that spot. It was the schedule spot, the dreaded Pac-12 schedule trap, which is now 4-17 and 17 instead of 3-17, and 17, by the way. But uh, I have all the same concerns I had with Arizona coming into this Oregon game, and uh, I can't get the Oregon State loss out of my head. I'm just seeing visions of just decrepit defense on the road. It's who they are to me. And I'm happy for them that they just got a comfortable win against Oregon. I guess that's a good thing. It's certainly a good win. Oregon's a good basketball team, but um, they needed I mean, 36 Caleb, Caleb points. Caleb Love just went nuclear. I mean, he couldn't. Yeah, they, they needed 36 from Caleb. That's the thing. It's not like I didn't see anything sustainable from that game that makes me feel like Arizona's playing better. And if Caleb Love does the good Caleb Love thing, yeah, you're going to win all those games. If Caleb Love doesn't, it's hanging over the team's head and you're looking at Kylan Boswell, who has been pretty awful over the last month. So um, I like what would be notable for me would be to see Arizona have like a stellar defensive performance in any of these games. Then I'd be like, Oh, okay. They're, they're back interested in this. Still don't think we're seeing that. They honestly remind me a lot of BYU guys for a lot of reasons. I know profile wise, they're not the same, but all the analytics sites tell me BYU's great even though BYU keeps having letdowns in conference play, and it comes back to them blowing out a bunch of undermanned opponents in the non-conference. To me, Arizona is a better version of that. It's a really talented team whose highest moments this season have been just destroying teams that most teams would be by 20, by 50. And that does mean something, but it doesn't mean a lot going forward as we project this team for the NCAA tournament. So uh, critical win, pat them on the back. 
I didn't see a thing that makes me want to buy back in on Arizona, and I will happily uh, fade this team come March. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say with because I was wrong on Oregon too. Bartholomew, he is. He looked bad. I don't know if uh, he went to the hospital when. I mean, Oregon just can't stay healthy. Um, but he he's been playing a lot better of late, and let me I don't I don't know of an update, but it didn't look good. He got carried off the court, and what that means now is I know you got Dante back. Biddle is going to be you know he's going to get more minutes, but that means Shelston has to do even more work at the point, and he's been bad recently. Um, uh, he's hit a wall. Uh, I mean, he was non-existent in that Arizona game, two points the game before against Arizona State, you know, six against Utah. I mean, his offensive rating numbers over the past four or five games are very troubling. And now he has to get more work uh, just at, at the point and shoulder a bigger burden. That's not good news for the Ducks. I have a, a lot of respect for uh, Dana Altman, but this team just can't stay healthy they can't get any continuity and now if the point guard position is going to be a major problem um i was looking to buy the ducks i might be actually looking to sell them um mike who who are you looking to uh sell in the pack 12 i go ahead and sell utah i think i've seen enough i know who they are you know they're not going to steal a bid with a a run in the conference tournament because you got to win away from salt lake city and they're 0-5 on the road in conference this season. And aside from the six-point loss to Stanford and Palo Alto, all those losses were blowouts. Brandon Carlson has a tendency to disappear a little bit on the glass. He only has three rebounds in his last three games. You know, putting up those kind of numbers, three rebounds per game is just incredible at his size and what he is capable of. And when he's not playing well, you know, you look around the locker room, who's going to score, who's going to put the team on their back. I don't see any of the guards doing that. Raleigh Worcester is a nice facilitator, but his season high is 17 points this season. He doesn't bring anything special from long range. So I think given the fact that Utah has been so pedestrian, and I think that's being generous on the road, and the fact that they just don't have any answers from a rotation or potential for one player to go off other than Carlson, I'm just going to sell the Utes. I I don't even think that they're a mediocre team in the Pac-12. I think they're going to finish in the the bottom six. Yeah, very disappointing trip. I mean, they have been injured. Lovering and uh, Wooster have been out. But, I mean, they just got absolutely destroyed on the Washington road swing. Uh, I think they lost by 25 and 22 or 23. Um, so, yeah, bit I know they have had injuries, but still pretty disappointing year so far for Utah. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, let's move on to the early week slate and talk a couple spots that we had circled. Uh, Greg, I'll I'll throw it to you. I don't know if you want to go Colorado State first since you mentioned that or somewhere somewhere else tonight. What do you got? It- yeah, I'll start with Colorado State. Both of my plays are for uh, after today, this week. So Colorado State's my first one. We talked about it earlier in the show, but um, they've been struggling lately, of course. All of their losses in this struggle period have come on the road. I have questions with Nico Medved on the road for sure. This is still a team that's very, very good at home. San Diego State, you can flip it, same thing. They've lost their last two away games in Mountain West play. It's an all-timer of a spot. Anytime you blow an 11-point lead, uh, how are you going to respond? You're right. This is still a team that was in the AP poll last week. The metrics still like them. Like, back against the wall, who are you? You have to have this game. Otherwise, you're probably on the outside looking into the NCAA tournament picture at this point. Um, The one thing matchup-wise that I think matters to me here, too, there's certainly things to be concerned on for both ends. But I, I was going through San Diego State's schedule the four games they've lost this season, trying to find like what's the common denominator here. They've struggled defensively when the opponent has a really good ball dominant guy. And that sounds obvious. Like if you have a superstar, obviously you have a superstar, but San Diego State's an elite defense that maybe the only thing that gives them problems is when you got one guy like Isaiah Stevens. And that goes for Tyson Degenhardt from Boise, Jalen House from New Mexico caused them problems. Tyon Grant Foster from Grand Canyon caused them problems. I think we need to see an Isaiah Stevens masterpiece here to feel good about Colorado State, but he's Isaiah Stevens. He's one of the best point guards in the country for that reason. Uh, So I'm going to buy the spot here. I'm going to take Colorado State. Ken Palm has them favored by one at home here. Um, I I would expect this number is more like two or three is my guess. Maybe stuck. You feel different, but I still like it up to three. Yeah, I agree. Probably be two or three. All these spots now are, you know, you get would have been one three years ago, Um, but it's not the way the market works anymore. Much more efficient market, much tougher to beat with these spots. Um, Yeah. I'll have Colorado state, depending on what the line is, maybe some money line. Um, But I agree. That's, it's the spot of spots. Uh, Mike, what do you got for today or tomorrow? I'll start tonight. I'll go with the total. I think it's the first time on the pod I've gone with the total this season, but under 130 and a half Houston against Texas. Under is paid out in 70% of Houston games this season. As a road favorite, they cash in 75% on the under by an average of seven points against the closing total. And it obviously makes sense. They're 350th in adjusted tempo. They're the number one defense by a wide margin, according to Ken Palm. They lead the country in opponent shooting efficiency. They're first inside the arc defending shots. They're eighth outside the arc. And they only allow 11 assists per game, which is 40th nationally. So it's a lot of isolation ball. It's a lot of contested shots in the half court. And I don't like what I've seen from Texas really in the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to go ahead another grinder kind of game. The Cougs playing exactly the way that they want to and going under the 130 and a half. Yeah, that uh, the Houston defense is uh, something. I mean, man, they get after you uh, and they are relentless. I I'll say tonight, I think I was hoping to get four, which isn't going to happen. But, I mean, is this not the spot for Virginia Tech at home to upset Duke? Duke has been – they look extremely vulnerable of late. It's a quick turnaround from 
a game that they stole at home against Clemson. But look at the three prior to that. I mean, they barely beat Georgia Tech at home. They lose to Pitt at home. And you know, then they have a win at over Louisville. So it's a team that's not playing its best basketball of late. Jeremy Roach isn't fully healthy. And now you have a quick turnaround. And it's a complex Virginia Tech offense with all the action that they run, which Duke has struggled with a bit on the perimeter. I think Virginia Tech can defend Duke on the perimeter. They have some weaknesses in the post, but I, you know, Filipowski he looked he didn't he didn't look great Saturday. He could potentially have a really big game here and and burn me. But this is a massive game for Virginia Tech. I prop like need need this right for your at large hopes. You'll get a raucous crowd. Quick turnaround for Duke with North Carolina on deck. Um, so I think this is a spot to buy Virginia Tech, who's playing a lot better of late. And I don't think that they're, you know, they've had some, t- yeah, Padula specifically has had some turnover issues of late, but I don't think that's something that Duke is fully going to exploit. And they cruised on Saturday. I mean, they just demolished Georgia Tech. Easier for them to turn around on Monday staying at home. I think this is a tough spot for Duke. I'm, I'm going to bet Virginia Tech tonight. Uh, decent matchup on the perimeter. And I think it's just a great spot. Greg, agree or disagree there? I do agree. I think um, in a sick weirdo way, I would almost feel better about this if Duke had just had an awesome performance against Clemson than yeah. kind of survive it, right? Because Duke is too talented like to, to keep up this mediocre run of play forever. Like there is a game coming in the next couple of weeks where they're just going to shoot the lights out and run a team out of the gym. I don't yeah. think it'll be at Virginia Tech. It's also a look-ahead spot on the other side, right? They yeah, go at UNC. North Carolina this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I think you're on the right side of that one, Stuck. I like it. Yeah, I was happy that they got the foul call because I definitely would have been a little more hesitant if Duke you know, lost their second straight home game. You probably get their attention. Uh, but under under uh, Shire, it's, it's not been a team that's been necessarily – great in true road games um i think you talked about that earlier in the season greg yeah. so like that and you know it's they they had you know they have away wins against Pitt and louisville this year there but you know they also lost at georgia tech they lost at arkansas is that the worst loss of any team this year if you lose against arkansas um so it's a team that hasn't been great on the road and you don't have a healthy roach either i, I he's i don't he's well we'll see he could go full full minutes but quick turnaround and he still seems to be a bit limited by a couple of nagging injuries. Uh, Greg, what else you got? You got one or more spot for tomorrow? Yeah, I've got one more for Tuesday and this is uh, two teams. I know no close and dear here, Michigan state hosts, Michigan rivalry game that is only available on streaming services this year. They saved the national public from this eyesore. Uh, What's it on the peacock? I believe it's on Peacock, yeah, which has a big Big Ten deal, which uh, somehow I've coerced my wife into paying for, and it's the worst investment I've ever made because I get to watch horrible teams play twice a week. Uh, This is a a big spot for Michigan State, though, for a bunch of emotional, non-tangible reasons. This is Tom Izzo's birthday. He's going for his 700th win as head coach at Michigan State. Bounce back spot after the debacle of a performance at Wisconsin. Most importantly, though, this game is about how horrible Michigan is and how horrible Michigan doubly is when Doug McDaniel is not available. He has the whole academic suspension just for road games going on. It's hanging over this team's head in a way I've never seen at the college 
conference level, quite frankly, guys. I mean, I've watched every single Michigan game. They're one and eight against the spread in their last nine games. Coincidentally, what happened in that span? Oh, they got the news that Doug McDaniel is going to miss half the rest of the season. Like this team, whether they have him or not, something is so up emotionally and broken in this locker room. Um, and, and on the court, they don't have answers. Like they're, they're such a disinterest team, interested team defensively. Michigan state is extremely dangerous when their shooters are left open after that horrible start to the season. Uh, I mean, I think they were in the three hundreds on Ken Palm a month into the season and three point percentage. They're all the way up to 55th in the country. Now shooting 37% as a team, they have good shooters, but they don't have the most dynamic guys to create the shots. You kind of have to take a defense that gives you them. Michigan will give them whatever they want in this game. So uh, the other thing is Michigan State wins. When they win, they win big. 11 of their 12 wins this season have come by double digits. Ken Palm has Michigan State by 11. I would guess this opens up at a pretty large number, but uh, I would be absolutely stunned if Michigan State doesn't win this game by 20 or more points. Yeah, it seems like I just run out of the gym spot and don't let up. Mike, you got anything else for today or tomorrow? Well, my wife also pays for Peacock, and I agree. The sporting events on Peacock are not so great, but the Real Housewives are all there. You can do the uh, Real Housewives of the Potomac. Juan Dixon's wife is on that. You can, you know, get a little college basketball connection. He's still having some romantic shenanigans. I don't want to spoil or alert. I don't want to ruin anything <laughs> for you. Um, I'm going to go with Marquette as a short favorite at Villanova. I think this is a last stand moment for Nova. They've lost five of six. I understand that they had that one point loss on the half court shot against UConn, but the only win in this stretch came against DePaul. They continue to struggle to score because they can't shoot 257th percentage wise from the field. They're below average on the offensive glass. They only grab eight there turnovers. They just don't create them 261st nationally. So I don't see a lot of opportunity for them to turn things around or to get a night where they're burying a bunch of threes or, you know, they get 15, you know, uh, second chance buckets or something like that. And I understand Marquette has injury issues. Cam Jones now questionable with the ankle injury. If he goes, this is an absolute play for me. I'd probably play it up to Marquette minus four, but even if he doesn't, Kolick, to me, you know, in their last meeting, he went for 21 and 11. I think he knows what he has to do to elevate his game. He's gone up and down a little bit in terms of scoring, but he still is averaging nine assists per game this month. So I think he's doing enough for Marquette to beat, you know, the the middle class, the and below in the Big East. So the fact of the matter is, this is just not the Nova teams of old where I was always waiting for things to change because Jay Wright had earned that respect. I think at this point, they're in an uncontrolled dive, and I don't see them pulling out of it. So I'll go with Marquette. Uh, let's. I'll throw out two more for Tuesday. Uh, we talked about the other side of the coin with Colorado State. Well, Wyoming pulls off that miraculous upset, and now they're going to Air Force. I know that they play in altitude, but so the altitude really isn't a factor here. But it could be in for the fact that quick turnaround Wyoming has no depth I mean what a, like a couple of their guys played 45 in every minute of that game um your trivia question how many road games has Wyoming lost by single digits or one the answer is zero they've lost I mean they lost to Portland by double digits they lost at UTEP by double digits um and they've lost all of their road league games so you know they played some tough teams too but uh, this is a team that has not been good away from home. They have major turnover issues, which really show up on the road. They're also not really going to turn over Air Force, um, which is 
one of their bugaboos on offense. So uh, maybe we get a, a cheap one possession number here after Wyoming beat Colorado State, but a tough turnaround here after just that miraculous win, playing all those minutes, just exerting all that energy. It was just such an emotional win. And then you have to turn around and go play, you know, the Air Force snail who's just going to ugly up the game. Um, and then one other one, should we talk about the elephant in the room? Uh, I know Greg won't bring it up, but if there's ever a time for a buy low, sell high spot, um, and an inflated number, uh, Georgia Tech at home against North Carolina. We almost Georgia. made it. We almost made it through the whole episode. I was <laughs> like, they're not going to do it. They're finally going to avoid the rat poison. So, no. I mean, all right, so – <laughs> North Carolina continues to impress me, especially on defense. They covered again, by the way. And I, I said on the live show, someone beat me to it because I would have I would have taken plus seven. Someone bet it. So it was like six and a half to six. And North Carolina somehow covered that game. It was like a one-point game uh, in the final minute. And they were playing so – the defense is what I'm just so impressed with. They're so organized, especially in transition. But – I mean, if this isn't the top of the market on them, and by the way, teams are still only shooting 24% from three in league play. They have Duke. They just survived Florida State, take command of first place in the ACC. You have Duke next. But now you're going to lowly Georgia Tech. I want to talk about just a spot where you're, you're flat and sleepy. Georgia Tech just got obliterated by Virginia Tech. I think they lost by 30. They lost at home to Pitt in Virginia before that. I might have to do it. Um, <laughs> I mean, just from a spot perspective, I got to hold my nose. Like, you want to talk about buy low, sell high. That's how I approach um, a lot of betting. Tell me this isn't the spot to sell North Carolina. It's a spot, uh, Doug. Greg, it's a, it's a spot. So, it, it, it's look, I'm not a believer in Georgia Tech by any means, but you're right on the spot. What I will say is they've lost eight of their last nine. Seven of those eight games were single-digit ball games. So it's not like they've been getting ran out of the gym. They just got ran out of the gym at Virginia Tech. Um, but you're right. I mean, the only I, other loss, their only other biggest loss was 11 at Florida State. That was yeah. The rest of their games have been single digits. Yeah, and they they slow the game down. They've got a solid offense. Like there are things they do that are conducive to covering a large point spread. And right, it's an all time look ahead spot. I'm a coward though, stuck. I mean, I'm just a point blank coward. I can't do it. You're you're a more brave man than me. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Um, it just <laughs> feels like a game where, you know, North Carolina does their defense has been super impressive, but they do have some three point progression coming on the defensive end, and, um, you know, and. They, it's not a, like we talked about this before. It's not a team that doesn't take away the three. Like teams get, so it feels like a game where they're just a little disinterested early, a little late on closeouts. And some Georgia Tech, like, you know, will go 10 of 22 from three or something. Um, I, I just, I can't imagine that North Carolina can go any higher um, ratings wise. And this might be the bottom on Georgia Tech after, you know, you get you lose eight of nine, you get blown out. And this team isn't going anywhere. So, you know, remember, they did beat Duke at home. Um, so uh, this is basically their, you know, you're playing North Carolina's 9-0. and And this is their, what becomes like a tournament game for them. It's like a Super Bowl. Uh, you'll get their best effort here, especially after getting blown out. I'm doing it. Um, 
I'll I'll troll myself uh, on here <laughs> and on Twitter after their North Carolina is up twenty one at the half. Um, but that's the way it works sometimes. All right, good stuff, gentlemen, on the Pac twelve weekend recap and weekday look ahead. Keep in mind, as always, the guys from the Three Men Weave will be back on Wednesday, and then we will be back later in the week. Myself, Mike, Mike, uh, for the weekend preview, and then we'll all be back on Saturday for the BBOC live show. Make sure you tune in there. Uh, oh, fun first show we had last week. We'll see if anyone goes head to head with me again. Uh, and judging by my performance last week, that'll probably be a good thing for you. But let me see if uh, I did say I'll do some giveaways. Joey Pags, great pod, in depth college basketball analysis. Love telling you guys, except for Wake Park Forest and against UNC. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> talk about timing. Um, so, uh, Unreal Common Sense group of dudes listen every week. Thank you. Keep crushing. That's from Pile 14. Yeah. So appreciate Joey Pags, Pile or Pale 14. Reach out to myself or uh podcast at actionnetwork.com or, or my or old boy uncle mitch whatever dm me dm him and uh we'll get you guys out some gear so anyone else listening a couple weeks i'll do some more giveaways make sure you leave just a five-star review you'd say whatever uh those really help us out but make sure you subscribe unsubscribe subscribe tell a friend tell an enemy uh thanks for tuning in thanks to our producer on the back end thanks of course to mike and greg for joining me on this uh, morning uh monday morning morning uh fest and we will see you later in the week. Good luck with all your wagers this week. Cheers. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.